This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome back to a Friday episode of Private Parts. Um, today, a very exciting podcast for you. And I'm not going to ramble that much just because there's no point because we talk a lot in this episode. But uh, we have on the podcast one of my best friends in the entire world, Spencer Matthews. Um, you may know him. We hang out a lot together. We have podcasts together. Uh, he came on the podcast because we decided to do like a... Pug and I have known each other since we're about 15, 16 years old. Right? I call him Pug. His name is Spencer, but I call him Pug. And... We never, ever have one of those deep chats. I don't think guys do that that often, really, where you just sit and have an amazing chat. I went on his podcast, Big Fish. We had an amazing conversation. I thought, wait, maybe I should flip it around and actually interview Spen rather than him interviewing me. So advise him on private parts. And we get into everything. We talk about um, alcoholism. We talk about Clean Co's company. We talk about mindset. We talk about amazing new film that's coming out this year with Disney+. Plus. We talk about so much and it's just amazing. And, and it's great when you have one of your friends like this on because it's just an authentic chat. Plus it's dry Jan. So if any of you guys are struggling with drinking, if you're thinking about not drinking, if you're considering whether you want to give up alcohol this year or just take a time out from it, this is a great episode for you. Okay, enough rambling from me for now. Remember, go and check out our Instagram, our TikTok, all those kind of things. We're also on YouTube. Um, and also do us a big favor, click that subscribe button because it makes a real effort for everyone because then everyone can see us more that means better guess better things so just click the button it's a small thing for you but it's a big thing for us okay enough from me here we go spencer matthews on the podcast enjoy how many podcasts do you think we've done together Oof, many a lot yeah a lot yeah i mean i've done this one before done this one twice yeah have i mm -hmm. yeah done this one before uh we prank called harrods Prank called Harris twice. 
Yeah, did we? Yeah. Everything's twice today. <laughs> I don't know why we've done it. We've just done it twice. That's yeah. what we've done. Obviously, we do Six Degrees together. Mm-hmm. Um, you recently came on Big Fish. Which I loved. Lots of people's favorite episode, by the way. Of course. hundred and, and I guarantee you this right now will be uh, one of everyone's favorite one as well. But cool. Because. I was about to say no pressure, but I actually don't feel any. So, yeah, why would you feel any pressure? I don't. So. Um, how long have we been friends for? Uh, is this a trick question? Because no. are you trying to find out if I actually liked you to begin with? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we've known each other since we were kind of 17. I reckon younger. 16, 17. Well, I knew of you, of course. I was 15 when I first, no, 16, I was 16. Well, our girlfriends at the time were best friends. Mm-hmm. And, and we went to different schools, but yeah. we knew of each other because obviously we'd hear kind of through the grapevine what was going on through our respective girlfriend at the time. Yeah. Um, we didn't really like each other much, did we, when we first met? Well, I, I think I, you you were a bit, I of a, actually, bit of a prick. No, I actually think, mm. okay, here we go. Here's a question. When, when, we, when you were younger, what did you think that... Uh, what did you think you wanted to be? What did you think that like, oh my God, everything I want is this. What was it when, we, when you were growing up? Oh, wow. Um, the very first thing that I wanted to be um, was an artist because my mum was an artist mm-hmm. and I was a mummy's boy. I loved my mum. Mm-hmm. Still do, of course. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. And I remember actually being, I went to a school called Wellow House School, which was in Cornton, tiny little part of the world. I don't think anyone have heard of it unless of course you're from Cornton. Um where is Cornton? Cornton is kind of near Nottingham. It's it's like 25 going back to those roots where you're you yeah it's kind of northern roots. 25 well northerners have a problem with me saying that Nottingham even is northern because it's north of here (laughs) but it's not actually northern I don't think. Yeah. My mom my my brother and dad and stuff they're from Sheffield so they're northern right Mm. that's that's north enough is it? Yeah that's north enough. Yeah. So I'm not really northern, but 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 um, yeah, we're about 25 minutes from Newark, and we had to paint when we were very young what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I painted an artist. Did you? Yeah, that's painted. insane. That's that's strange for like a little boy to be doing that. Well, I think we all did it at the time, but yeah, mine was my I, my mum still has it. It's it's hung on hung on the wall. Yeah, but that, but that's strange, like because typically when you're like a little boy, you want to be like a fireman or an astronaut or I don't know, you don't want to be an artist. How do you know what an artist is? Because your mum was an artist. Yeah, yeah, just copying my mum, essentially. Um, but yeah, I, I, I remember that. And then kind of growing up, I suppose, I don't know, I was kind of confused. I wanted to be an actor for a while. Like I, I always loved the idea of being a performer of sorts, although I was never kind of naturally gifted at it. I don't think it took quite a lot of work, right? So like at school, I was in plays and stuff, but I was never the kind of lead role. This is a, you know, a proper school. Mm. I was the lead role at prep school, but wasn't really up against much, you know. Um, <laughs> Do you know what this is, this is so true? You're you're one of the best actors I know. Well, and I, I swear to God, I'm not just saying that because you're here and you're my best mate. No, I'm just actually just saying it because you actually are. I remember when we used to do Made in Chelsea and we had a producer called Roz. Yeah. And Roz said, came off and said, you'll be fine. Spencer's the best actor. Because you 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 can, you can, act, and, and, and I think that, and I don't know where it comes from. You can mimic people. You can um, mimic the walk, the voice, all those kind of things. And I think that's why you have a good intuition on people is because you can understand how people work. But I don't know where that's from because you must have watched people, that means, when you were younger. I think I struggled. If I am trying to put on an accent, it has to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and not that I'm 
someone that does that for a living. But, you know, if I'm pretending to be American, I'll have to think of somebody who is American and copy them as opposed to being my own American. Yeah, but I, but I suppose what I'm getting at is like what you'll be good at. Okay, for example, we'll, we'll watch a James Bond movie. Yeah. And you'll go, um, I love Daniel Craig because he's this, he's that. And, you know, he has all these different emotions and he feels this way and he gets drunk. But yet this, you really understand characters where a typical person like me will just watch the movie as it, as it is. You'll go, oh, I like this movie. There's an explosion here. There's this, this. You like characters. That's what you fall in love with. I Most feel- people fall in love with, you fall in love with script almost. Yeah. But that has to come from somewhere. The fact that you, because actually people annoy you, but actually you're really interested in people. So it's a contradiction. I, th- I think that, yeah, the greatest films come from amazing scripts. And it's, it's the character-driven pieces, the best pieces, I think. Mm. Um, but no, so the acting kind of ended, like my, I'd say that I'm a pretty confident person, um, naturally. But I handle rejection poorly. You know, I used, well, certainly used to handle rejection poorly. Like I was in the acting game for no time at all. <laughs> because because like <laughs> I, I literally went to I went to the University of Southern California where yeah. I landed roles in plays and like loved it like absolutely loved it so um, you leave school and you go there leave school didn't take a gap year went straight there mm. um, wanted to be an actor wanted to be famous you know as we spoke about on Big Fish the other day um, have never been kind of shy you know I've always liked the idea of attention mm. um Less so in later kind of more private life when you have kids and stuff, weirdly, but we'll come on to that. Mm. Um, And yeah, I I remember going into LA for auditions and they're they're so shit. (laughs) Let's do a little thing. What what what's it like? I went went into, I auditioned for like this Christmas film where I would be playing like the lead British kind of heartthrob. And you audition, you feel like such a tosser because like, like you're, you're, re- you're reading these lines and like they're kind of, you, you know, you're reading them some lovely woman who's kind of trying to help you. And then, mm. you know, then they're like, okay, like that was great. You know, like we'll be in touch. And, and then like you leave and get some shitty call, like, you know, two days later, going, you know, you're amazing. But, you know, we're, we're going to go another direction, you know, and you're just like, okay, cool. And that Is happened, that what it's like? That happened twice. And I was just like, I'm out of this. <laughs> what? Like, yeah. Why? I don't know. I just wasn't really, I just thought, I guess I've always been all right, I suppose, uh, assessing risk versus reward, like, like, and whether or not you want to do something and whether or not the eventual payout, uh, not necessarily in terms of money, but just like the effort made will reward you your time back, I suppose. Give me an example of that. Well, I just thought, I just thought like, there's a very good chance that I'll never be a huge favorite actor just by, you know, normal, ordinary statistics alone, right? Like all of the competition, Mm. like, you know, and it's kind of, I guess having that confidence at the time to try to really break through, I I didn't have the patience for it. And also I was too interested in kind of partying and stuff and, and, you know, just not really, I wasn't career driven at a young age, like at all. So no, I, I don't think anyone really is. Well, some people are. They're more so nowadays. And an example of it that you asked for, you know, you're particularly good at this with, with kind of candy kittens and stuff. But, you know, when, when you start a brand mm. or you build a business, it's really time consuming. It's yeah. really time consuming. It's really expensive, not necessarily for you, but, you know, it, it, it requires a lot of money um, and, and thought and staff and a team. And, you know, you could be... You could be doing something for 20 years. Yeah. You know, you could be doing something for three, four years. But in any case, it's it's really full on. So I guess you need to consider if, you know, what you're doing is worth it. 
right? And like in my later, like not that I'm some old codger, but like I feel that you need to do the things that you love doing, right? And you need to do things that you care about because, you know, I, and yeah. I, I, I've, you know, had lo- loads of jobs and I haven't enjoyed lots of them. And you kind of feel like you're just wasting your time a bit. I want to do, there's two things there, which I agree. Firstly, I think persistence is key in anything. Mm. So you you giving up like that that is also against you because you you're persistent jesus you're persistent you're persistent like jujitsu or going to do weights or uh doing marathons or marathon to start that's persistent right but then back when you first started you were like me if something didn't come easy you gave it up quick it's also immediate reward though yeah so like jujitsu the more time you spend on the mat the better fighter you become but that's like anything right? it's tangible no but like you can spend your entire life trying to break through in acting and you can actually become an incredible actor that never gets noticed. And it's kind of like, that's a big risk. Yeah, I, 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 I completely agree with you on that. But, but persistency is, is key because you're now very persistent, but maybe before we were, but before we just wanted to go and drink and party. Yeah. That's all we wanted to do. The funny thing which people don't realize, right, is that people have this perception. So people have this perception of me for so long, which was like, okay, some billionaire kid or whatever. And I'm totally not... Family don't have, are not billionaires. I don't have any of the money. We have to work ourselves. You've been working ever since you were a kid as well. Yeah. Like you worked, uh, it will tell us, you worked in restaurants, you worked everywhere, didn't you? Yeah, and no, I've, done, I've done all kinds of what I think are really interesting jobs. I've been a waiter, I've been a barman, I've been a chauffeur. Um, Who were you a chauffeur for? Yeah, a hotel, a hotel, uh, but but not not our hotel. So, <laughs> so, di- <laughs> so a different hotel. Um but no, yeah, I, I, I don't know. The press are, are funny, aren't they? Okay, Hon, you leave, um, you leave uh, LA because your acting's not going well. You're partying too much. You're doing all those kind of things. You then, okay, you then come to London. You become a broker. Yeah. And you work for ICAP. And I remember when we started hanging out loads, you were waking up at six in the morning to go and be a broker for ICAP, do that, and then finish that. And then you were filming Made in Chelsea at five in the evening afterwards. That was really hard that year. Okay, so it is hard as a test because we, we, and also I love it. We've never, we never do serious conversations between each other. Well, we've only ever had one. <laughs> it was on your podcast, Big Fish. <laughs> yeah. And also we should say the reason why we're doing this one today is because we did the episode on Big Fish on Spencer's amazing podcast. Go and check it out. It's it's so good. It's oh, loads of different guests. Thank you. And we want to do it on this one because it's like a role reversal. Yeah. So, okay, I, I met you, you're, you, you're doing ICAP. You then start doing it. Why do you decide to do Main Chelsea? Because I found it difficult to ignore the potential return from it. Like, no, come on. But you, do you want to be famous or like me? Like, because I yeah, want. Of course, no, no. So, no, no. I was, I was interested in becoming famous, obviously. Um, and, and I hadn't. But, but like you, and apologies if, the, if this is similar to the conversation we've already had. But you know, if you're listening it to it for the first time, we always saw the show as a business, right? So, yeah. like, when I was attempting to become Brad Pitt in LA, um, and failing. <laughs> I was I was spending um, I was spending quite a lot of time actually with like Brody Jenner and Spencer Pratt and like we had a mutual friend mm-hmm. um, called called Jared and you know I was living with Jared basically Leto no um, no no uh, it's not Jared Leto no no Although and a mutual we, friend we could, called we could, Justin we could have left it open ended Bradley yeah um, no 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 so so I was living with ordinary Jared um, but Jared was you know far from ordinary and he had all these, you know, incredibly successful kind of famous friends. And, and I just couldn't believe it. Like Brody Jenner and Spencer Pratt were getting paid like $100,000 in cash to turn up to a nightclub that they would go to anyway, 
right? Like, and it was just- Were they really? Madness. Like- What? No, 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 but like different level, right? We were rolling around in like ridiculous like cars, like, like it, they were being followed by paparazzi on motorcycles. Like it, they, they were like fully famous, 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 famous. Like they couldn't go to a restaurant without like guns going off outside. Like it was, it was mad. Crazy. Crazy. And I was, I just found it really interesting. Like I, I, I lived, spent lots of time with them. They would also watch themselves. Like when they, so if the episode aired on a Wednesday night, like they would have a bunch of people around to the house and like watch themselves. And I was like, this is weird. Anyway, it's, it's we like, kind of did that with me and Chelsea. We had screenings though, it was different. Yeah, but we all got really excited. For a period. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We can cut that last bit out. Francis Bull always tells the story. Francis Bull always yeah. tells the story. When he first was on Made in Chelsea, he, him and Fred Ferrier were on Made in Chelsea, the first scene ever. And then he went to Fred, should we just go walking? Because people are going to know who we are. And they went walking around Chelsea like, no one recognizes us. No one. <laughs> no one. <laughs> um, but... But yeah, so so where were we? So yeah, so I came back and you know I, I spoke to a pal who I know had developed some TV before, yeah. and um, we actually pitched a, a format called The Big Smoke at the time, and it was kind of Hugo and me and a few other people, um, and we literally just never heard back from them. Like we, just, we we pitched the kind of British version of The Hills, and then I thought, okay, but well, you're working in nightclubs as well at this point, yeah, and and then I thought, right, maybe maybe it's time to get a real job type thing and I became a broker um for ICAP which is like the world's largest brokerage and I don't know I think the whole thing is I, I don't really understand to be honest why they haven't just got algorithms doing it like it's it's, it's not complicated it doesn't require any kind of specialist skill really does it so what what is it what is a broker in when you were there what do you have to be to be a broker I was a specific dollar swiss franc broker okay. and we would broke dollar dollar swiss forwards so that's where we think the value of of the Swiss franc or the dollar will be against itself in two days time, three months time, a year's time. And you, and, and, but this is the thing, the banks decide that. So a bank will say, I believe that in a year's time, mm. the Swiss franc will be weaker, right? So I'm going to sell Swiss francs that we're holding in favor of buying dollars. And then there'd be a different bank with the opposing view. And we would literally, we don't do the thinking. We would literally just pair them up together which can of course be done by a computer. So I, 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 I would kind of- Were you good at it? Not, I didn't, not, not really. I was, I was considered, you know, useful on the desk because I spoke fluent French. So I handled all of the French lines given that we were Swiss franc brokers. So most of the Swiss franc brokers were French. So I would translate for people and I would have my own French lines. Um, you told me the story once of you had an initiation. And you and you you beat everyone. What happened? The initiation to become a broker. So that was at the job before ICAP at a place called called Blue Index, um, kind of like Boiler Room, I suppose. If you've ever seen the film Boiler Room, it was yeah, it's yeah. just really full on. <laughs> um, hey, well, give me an example of what you did the initiation, like film. What's your typical day there? Uh, I was like, I was eighteen, yeah, and I rolled in first day, <laughs> new suits, grey suits, um, pink shirt, and a blue tie. And I look and like long hair, kind of like, you know, and I, I was, I thought. Good looking, think you're, you're, you're from just, Eton, good looking kid. I, I, I've come from LA to conquer the, to, to be Leo from Wolf of Wall Street, basically. Um, and, uh, and, and I walked in and everyone basically is in jeans and t-shirt. 
and I was like, oh, and um, and yeah, I stuck out straight. I said, jacket off, tie off, like straight away, like little kind of. Muck. And you hate standing out like that. You're not. You're not good. You like almost L- little in. panic, little panic. Yeah. And uh, towards the end of the day, we the new kids. So there were two other new kids. Um, one was called Henry Courtney, and another one was called oh god Max or something. Stephanie, you remember names like I do? I think, and 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 they were both from Essex, and I was you know obviously not from Essex, and we got taken to this room. In the room, there was four Big Macs, um, six like black chocolate muffins, and a six pack of Fosters each. Yeah, so like plenty of food um, each. So so and so three times. And it turns out that the whole office has ha- had had this kind of sweepstake on who of the three they thought would win, right? So come first in this eating and drinking challenge. And ev- no, not a single person voted for, backed me. Everyone had to throw in 10 quid or something from the office. So there's quite a big pot, like a few thousand quid in this pot. And obviously it's split. So if there was a 50-50 split, you'd fit, split it 50-50. But I was the kind of black horse in it because nobody had voted for me apart from this one person max max was there's where i met max is a friend of mine and um so he if we won we stood to split the entire thing just him and me because he was the uh. only person to have backed me and um yeah man, i gave them a right shooing do you know what i mean because did you really well because like for some reason i got that that i don't know if you ever watched dexter's lab on mm-hmm. cartoon network but he he's in this um eating contest one day and and like everyone's caning it like eating as quickly as they can and he takes it really really slowly or or whatever and he wins because he just finishes it so i was looking down and i was like this is four double burgers six muffins and a six pack like they're never going to be able to eat this like it's it's a huge you know it's what is it fifteen thousand calories or something like maybe more (laughs) and i was just like there's no way that they're going to finish so i just need to finish this to win and they're like caning the burgers and i was just like having a nice look at it and kind of taking bits apart and rolling the muffins into little bite-sized balls so I can kind of eat them. And everyone was kind of furiously taking the piss out of me, but I finished and they didn't. Um, so we won. And and that was kind of it. And Max actually ended up going to ICAP, which is how I got the job at ICAP. So really? kind of moved, moved on, yeah. You, you have this mentality, which is so, firstly, Spencer's so competitive in a good, good way. You're very competitive. And you're competitive with yourself a lot of the time and competitive with other people, competitive with yourself. But also, you have this amazing way in panic situations to think calmly. Yeah, that, that's like, it's not bad, but it is a bit of a panic situation. Everyone wants to perform and do well and you do that. There's another story which happened to you recently where you nearly died. And, and I, I tell everyone this story. Is this the carrot? The carrot. I tell everyone oh, yeah. this story. Where, you, where Spencer nearly dies and you save yourself and how do you do it? Well, I mean, that was, I, I, I'm not going to pretend that I was thinking clearly at the time because um, I definitely wasn't. <laughs> I was thought he was going to die. I was starving. So I was training for, I think it was a men's health cover, which actually they didn't give me in the end. Um, so I starved myself stupid for like eight weeks. I was completely like in miserable pain for about eight weeks falling out with everyone just being like the biggest asshole because i was just like like so hungry mm. everyone's having to put up with me and then they gave the cover to the editor of the magazine magazine so i was like 
Right. Okay. So I'm just in the magazine, am I? Okay. Thanks. I probably, I probably wouldn't have bothered with the mental diet if, if you told me I wasn't going to be on the cover. And just one little section in the corner. Yeah, nearly died actually, like in, yeah. in pursuit of this body. Um, so I treated myself to some carrots um, one day, which was outside of my planned meals. Um, but honestly, I just couldn't function. I was in the office and, and like the Cleanco office. And we had like this big call and I just couldn't think straight because I was so hungry. So um, I got myself the, like a, like a tub of, of carrots. Um, and I was, I just thought, I, I just don't care anymore. I'm going to eat the carrots. I'm just going to eat all the carrots. <laughs> and I'm kind of wolfing these carrots down. Like, like, and I'm kind of like inhaling the carrots because I'm so hungry. And one of the carrots gets lot, the, the little mini yeah. Kind of orangey, well, of course, orangey, <laughs> the, the little kind of stubby carrots. And this thing gets lodged in my windpipe. But like, if you've never choked before properly, yeah. like, you know, if you're having like a big piece of steak or whatever, yeah, yeah. And, you're, and you're chewing it and it starts to slide down really slowly and you think, oh God, like, and there might be like, another, and you think it might jam, but it doesn't. And it slides down eventually. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe I'll chew my food next time. Um, this was like the opposite. This just slid down and then just went, and I was like, 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 but I actually like no movement, no air at all. And like I knew, Tetris locking I, in. I knew it was an enormous problem the second it happened. Like, like it wasn't a kind of like, oh, this will just clear. Like it literally went click, like in, in place, like a Lego. And I was like, <gasps> like pushing up and down, like no movement at all. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I was like, nothing, nothing, nothing. And I was like, oh my God. And in my head, you're like, okay, if I don't sort this out, I will die. Like, like, and Did so you I, think you were going to die? So I stood up and I'm like violently banging my chest to try and clear this thing. It's going absolutely nowhere. In fact, it might've got worse. Like, like, and, I, and I'm just thinking, oh my God, like in less than a minute, I will be dead. And my cause of death will be, you know, Tesco's carrot stick or whatever, which, you know, having done some of the things that, you know, I, I've done, <laughs> I, I would have been very disappointed with, like, like, like very... Very disappointed. Um, and people, like some people were getting upset, weren't they? They didn't know what Oh yeah, they, the, some of the girls in the office were like screaming, like, you know, one of them was just crying. I was like, fucking thinking, help me instead of fucking crying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, what was that going to achieve? Um, Justin, my partner at the time, came up behind me and he's like squeezing me, nothing's happening. Oh my God. And that's when I started to think like, this is, this is, this is a very dangerous situation now that I'm in. And I thought to myself just in like, but it, as, as you've kindly said, it was calm. It certainly wasn't calm. But I thought to myself, but right. But you think logical. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do. I, th I thought to myself, I need to wind myself. Like I need to, I need to, I need air to be forced out of my lungs. Like, it, like, you know, if Mike Tyson could leather me in the stomach right now, that would be great. Right. But <laughs> yeah. like, obviously you can't communicate that to anyone. So I threw myself up in the air and just made a massive effort to land on my back, just really uncomfortably land on my back. And it just shot out of my mouth. And I can remember thinking at the time, like, that, that was, honestly, when it happened, I was like, <gasps> I was like oh and, and, and like, but it must've been in there for like nearly a minute. And, and I was just like, oh, that's just, that was savage. Were, and then like eating- You were the, thinking of going to the, the thing to get a knife. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking about how to cut like part of my throat to pull it out with my feet. And then I thought, well, that's going to kill me. So let's not do that. Um, no, it was, it was really, it was, it was really awkward. And like, I've always thought that like, oh, when people are choking, they can probably breathe a little bit, right? No, no, zero. Horrid. Oh my God. But it, it's funny though, because you, you've put yourself in like all these situations so much 
whether it's um, Marathon de Saab or doing the ice marathon or you're, you're getting crashed in a speedboat and breaking both arms or crashing a Lamborghini when you're sleeping or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And the one thing- Shouldn't is, have been sleeping already. Should not have been sleeping, but the one thing is a carrot. Okay, so you, you, you do the broking, you then, you you get offered to do Made in Chelsea and, but you have this career, right? Which is where yeah. you can become, be a broker and you yeah. can go and do that and you can probably earn a lot of money and it's a city and it's quite cool and all these kind of things. Uh, firstly, what did you learn from the city being there? And secondly, then why do you go and do MIC? Um, the city was nice to learn kind of discipline, I suppose, to like get up and get into the office. Like mm. the hours were crazy. Like we had to be, I had to be at my desk at 6.30. You're drinking um, a lot at this point? Huge amounts. Like, like, like what? Like what? Like what's your typical like night out you're doing? Oh, so okay. I'm not just trying to like make this as clickbaity as possible. But like, you know, when when I joined ICAP, there was an initiation at ICAP as well, right? And like the desk heads take you out from different desks every day if you're new. So like a desk head will come and tap you on the shoulder, go on, mate, right, we're going out. Uh, and like you go out and basically like, when I say that people are heavy drinkers at ICAP, I mean, it's it's remarkable. So like I probably had 10 pints of Guinness every day, every day for the first month or so. I gained two and a half stone, I was a mess. What like time I, are you starting drinking? 11, as soon as the pub would open. Really? But then you're back in the office. So like they'd ply you full of 10 pints. I say they, like I was very willing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, so like I'd have 10 pints of Guinness to the point where like you are absolutely shit-faced, like sideways, yeah. like completely sideways. And then they'd be like, right, we'll go back to the office. And this is at like three and you've got two hours to like, and then they're trying to teach you how to broke and you're just fucking hammered like it's like you're looking at it just going like God, i don't give a shit about any of this and that was kind of like that was daily for a um, while and then like obviously that kind of calmed down with the entertainment side of things but then you know given my nature i was used to entertain clients and that used to be a massive thing in the city we were given a gold card and told take out rbs do whatever you like like just make sure that you know they trade with us tomorrow like we need them literally coming down the line tomorrow saying hey spencer thanks for the great night out here i want to do a yard of swiss you know well, what does a yard mean a billion pounds what yeah but that's nothing to them like so it depends a yard a yard a yard of like a year is a, is an enormous trade a, mar a, a yard of like tom next which is tomorrow's money yeah is nothing so like swapping a billion like swiss francs for a billion swiss francs of the value that it'll be tomorrow is like minimal because the like, you know, unless a Swiss crank, Frank crashes overnight, yeah. it'll make no difference really. But we take a fee for that. So the longer the trade, the the more, you know, ordinarily, the less of the amount. Why do you think you were good at the entertaining them? I don't know. I understood my purpose, right? Like my purpose was literally for them to like me. Like there's no, all brokers do the exact same thing. You can't be a better broker than a different broker. You're, you're, you're doing a job that is quite simple. So like, it's literally a question of who does that banker want to put his trade through because they don't do it themselves. So they have a choice of putting it through you or through me. And it is literally like, who do I prefer? When you had the gold card, what, what was the, the biggest spend that went on one night? We spent 17 grand at the box one night and then they canceled the ability for people to use gold cards in that, in that way. So, but we took RBS out and... 
he wanted to have some big rip roaring night. But like, you need to understand, by the yeah. way, that it sounds really lavish. No, but it's but, it's, but it's, like you know, they make that. You know, I I I, I, don't, I don't want to be. No, you're not. No, you're not. I don't want to be crass, but I I cap turns over. You know, many 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 millions of pounds a day. So you know, they just, like, just don't, don't give a shit about any of that. And that was just all marketing back in the day. Yeah. So so okay. So that happens. You then leave the city. You have this sort of understanding. So you've had this work ethic of waking up at six in the morning. You're now doing MIC because you started to do that, and you want to do that because you've seen what's happened with the hills, and it's interesting and fun and things like that. And you start doing Made in Chelsea, and for the first few years, it was like quite good fun. Yeah, I think, but it's interesting though, isn't it? Because now you and I, as adults, right, we're 34. Mm. We look at things now and go, right, how do we build this? How do we build that? What do we think the value can be of this? What do you think the value can be of that? At the time, couldn't be more naive, couldn't give a shit. I want to be famous, right? Like That, that was kind of, it was, oh, yeah, it's yeah. not like, oh, how can I build like a following so that I can then do this? Like at the time, I didn't think Made in Chelsea was going to be a huge success, to be honest, because on account of the kind of people that were on it, right? Like like we were a very specific demographic, which I didn't think would be very popular, um, you know, on, on, a, on a kind of national scale. Mm. Um, so I saw it as how can I harness this for as long as it exists to then go on and do something that I want to do? And I didn't know what that might be. But I never saw being a reality television star as a career. And I think that could be- But it became a career though, for like a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. But we weren't expecting it to succeed, I guess. Like I thought there might be like one or two series, people, you know, you might amass a, a, a following and then, you know, you can use that following to do something else. Do you Become think, a television presenter or do, you know, something else. Do you wish that you and I, because we, we were stuck at the hip, still are, but we yeah. were stuck at the hip there, but we had no responsibilities. Yeah. I mean, like the only responsibility we had was that we don't die. Yeah. We, we drank- well, I was about to say, like, without responsibility, I'm a drunk. Yeah. So, like, you know, without without drive, without purpose, and without responsibility, I would have no reason to to not be drunk, basically. And like, I think part of the reason that my drinking was bad was exactly what you're talking about—a lack of those things, right? Like, not having kids, not having a professional, amazing, cool wife not having any responsibility, being able to wake up whenever and just have another beer, you know, was kind of all contributing factors to why I allowed it to happen to myself. How much do you think you were drinking at that point? Because I, when I was with you, we would drink a lot. But there were like times when I remember when we, New York was the worst for us. Oh my God. Oh my but, God. But what didn't help me was that I like, if you don't mind me saying, I was quite a good drunk, right? You're great not, drunk. I was never violent. I was never, I was never- You're the most fun. I could always get into bed. Like I was never a liability. I would never throw up on anyone or no. anything or anywhere. You know, I, like I could- You were functioning, I could, functioning I could, I could, drunk. I could operate at a very high level, I think. Like yeah. I now know that level not to be very high level, but like on the surface, when you just look at someone, I could operate kind of just fine. Um, and I just saw it as fun. I had this mad misconception that, and I guess this is timely, right? Cause it's dry January. Um, but I had this massive misconception that like you had to be getting drunk to have fun. And I just think that's bollocks. It's just simply not true. And I think that millions of people, particularly in January are, are realizing that, you know, having a, a better relationship with alcohol or being abstinent for a while um, is really beneficial to your well-being. Because like we weren't well in New York. No, we were really bad. We were like, you know, like and I and, was anxious and we, all the time. We should look back at that and say, oh my God, like how great was New York? How fun was New York? I nearly took that taxi to the hospital 
I went missing for a night, basically. <laughs> and and like I got in the cab to come back. Couldn't find you anywhere. Can't remember if we were filming or whatever. I borrowed like a charger, like I borrowed the taxi driver's charger, charged my phone, the thing blew up because I'd missed filming or something. And, and honestly, I, I I think actually thinking about I've I've never really thought about this. That was physical stress and anxiety, what I was mm. feeling right, because I don't feel those things. I think like, you're having a panic attack without realizing. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I like I've I've never I'm not an anxious person. I, I'm not stressed in like ordinary day-to-day -day life. Like obviously now running. You are stressed. You just don't feel stressed like other people. Yeah. So yeah, I'm stressed in the way that a normal person I think might feel stressed. So kind of if I'm going through something ropey with Clinko or something has to get done, then obviously I feel like it has to get done, right? So, but that's how I associate kind of stress. But that day I was feeling physical, like crippling. I thought I was having a heart attack, mm. right? And I messaged you and I was like, I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I think I even said to the taxi driver, I was like, can you please just take me to the nearest hospital? Um, you know, because I thought I was catching it early and that, you know, maybe I'll, I'll have the heart attack on the way to the hospital and at least I'll be en route to the hospital. Um, but no, it turns out that we were just like burning the candle at both. We didn't sleep properly. You, you arrived back in the apartment. I remember this one bedroom apartment that we were living in for two months in New York filming out there. And you came back in and you, and I was like, oh my God, what the hell is happening? And you ran to the fridge and you opened up the fridge and we had a bottle of tequila in there. Yeah. You got the bottle of tequila and downed it and went, feel better now. Yeah. Well, yeah, I did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, but no, but it was it was kind of bad, right? It so, was really so, bad. So you, so but I was listen. It's not it's not a question. We have to understand this, Puggy, as well. Is that whatever anyone thinks, Main Chelsea was this like moment in our lives where loads of people watched it. We thought we were young and famous, and all these things, which we weren't, but we thought we were. Yeah, you feel you feel it's like if you were to if you were to put a complex on it, it's like a rock star complex. Yeah, like you think that you're famous. You think people are watching you. You think that. Like I'm a rock star, and you're not a fucking rock star. No you're one like gives some, a you're shit. You're like some fucking kid in yeah. New York who has a drinking problem. It's really lame. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like, so there's nothing cool about it. Right, guys, we're just going to stop there. That is the end of part one. I, I, I'm sorry, we're just getting so into this. Uh, it's amazing. Go and click over to part two of Private Parts to listen to the rest of the episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.